Jesse Kelly show. Let's have some fun. Let's have some fun with the Navy. Now, I know what you're thinking, Jesse, you're a Marine. You're just going to make fun of the Navy again. And yes, of course, that's what I'm going to do. But we're going to expand beyond that and tell you why we may be in a bit of trouble. We're going to do my favorite thing and go through a Jesse told you so moment. We have Democrats playing offense. You're going to get mad about it. I'm going to get mad about it. Maybe we should both take notes and do likewise. We have the Biden inflation continuing. Students forced to wear masks. And we have, well, Chris, if you would do the honors, leading us into the story of the day, we have one of the great pieces of audio you will ever hear on this show. There's enough to feel bad about out there. Let's you and I join together and lift our souls up in music. We'll overcome. We will overcome. We will don't know what that is, allow me to update you on what's going on because it doesn't just apply to Texas. It applies to Democrats, Republicans everywhere. This applies to the United States of America. Something's going on right now. It's internet fodder. Everyone's poking fun at it, laughing at it, not really taking it seriously. It's very, very serious. What is it? What happened? Well, For those who don't reside here in the great state of Texas, which is probably a smart thing to do in the summertime, but that's another story entirely. For those who don't reside here in the great state of Texas, our state legislature does not meet every other week. They don't meet every month. They don't meet every year. Every other year, the state legislature meets to pass laws, which is wonderful. In fact, the U.S. Congress should do the same thing. Why? Well, politicians feel the need to do something. Take away the ability for them to do something. Because every time they do something, they screw it up. Also, it should be noted, people in the state house, state senate here, they make like 50 cents a year. I don't know what the exact amount is, but I'm not kidding. It's, it's nothing. They make pennies. But they meet every other year. Now, that's a good thing, but if you're a state like Texas and your state legislature meets every other year, you have to put in some safeguards to make sure they actually meet, right? Because uh, we're not doing this again for a couple years. So they actually have laws in this state saying things like, okay, there's a vote coming up. You have to be there. I don't want to hear my kid has a play. I don't want to hear I've got the sniffles. It's against the law for you not to be there because they only have so much time. Well, the Texas Democrats, because there's a voting rights bill on the table, a voter ID law, essentially. I'm not going to break down the law. It's boring and you don't care. There's a voter ID law coming up in Texas. It's going to pass. Everyone knows it's going to pass. Texas Democrats decided they're going to break the law. Again, not break the rules, break the law 
in mass, and they're all going to get on a private plane, still waiting on word. I will find out for you. I guarantee I will find out. We're going to wait for who paid for this private plane, but they all got on a private plane and took a private plane to Washington, D.C., where they're going to hide out, again, on whose dime. I want to know. These are a bunch of losers who don't make any money being in the Texas state legislature, and these are all Democrats, so you know they're all teachers who make 50 cents a year. Who's paying for the hotel? Who paid for the private plane? Who's paying for the meals? I had to travel for one day last weekend, one day. Up to Dallas and back cost me over $1,000 for one day of travel if you count airfare. One day. Anyway, they took off. They escaped. They broke the law. They're all over social media bragging about it. And they took off to Washington, D.C. Now, you probably knew most of that because of shows that came before mine. What you don't probably realize is just how incredibly dangerous this story is. You can make fun of the Texas musical group known as the Texas Democrats if you want, and you should. We'll overcome. We will overcome. We will overcome. Okay, I apologize. You're going to hear that a lot tonight. I can't stop laughing about it, but you can make fun of them for that, and you should. You can make fun of their stupid social media posts. They have one guy. I love this guy. Gene Wu, one of these Texas Democrats, put some social media post up of him saying, my first meal as a fugitive. And it's a picture, of course, of a salad. (laughs) Save some chicks for the rest of us, bro. Anyway, you can and should make fun of them. But we are missing something that's happening here in America with this story. You see, let's set all politics aside for a moment. How much do you know about serial killers? If you're a woman, almost undoubtedly you know a lot more than men. Because you women are sick freaks like my wife and you watch these serial killers things all day long. But in all seriousness, women love these things, men less so. But I realize there are some male serial killer experts out there. I, because I'm married to somebody who loves these weirdos, well, loves to learn about them, I have picked up enough on my own, just various things I've had to learn. One thing you learn about these serial killers almost universally is this. Things start slow. And then things escalate over time. No, they're not filleting people alive when they're seven. When they're seven, they're enjoying, ah, kick the neighbor's cat. Had fun with it. Think maybe next year I'll kidnap it, drown it, see how it works out. I know this is sick. I'm not trying to gross you out, but these are just stories I've heard. Oh, they don't hurt it some more. Maybe I want to torture it. You know, maybe, maybe I want to hurt that person. It just over the years and years and years, there are these escalations. It doesn't start with serial killing. It starts with something pretty benign and turns into something profoundly evil. And when it comes to escalations, 
there are it's not a slow steady process well he gets he you know just a little more like a serial killer every year proud of little johnny there are escalation moments that seem to take place something i've learned about not just serial killers i'm going to get back to this in a moment now he was doing okay and then he found out he liked kicking that cat man kicking that cat really seemed to mess our boy up well he was fine I mean, he was doing okay with women, and then one of them broke his heart and made fun of his teeth. And then from that moment on, he really hated women. There are these escalation moments. We have had, whether you realize it or not, especially over the last five years or so, we have had several escalation moments that have changed how this country is going to look in the next 10 to 20 years. The last five years have had consequential things that have happened. Most of the things that have happened, the system has lied about, which has made the the moments even greater. But we have escalation moment after escalation moment after escalation moment. And this Texas Democrats thing is one of these moments. I will explain exactly what I'm talking about in just a second because I have another moment for you. I'm looking at a headline, Bongino.com. You know what this headline says? Inflation continues rapid surge in June, rises at the fastest pace in 13 years. That means that money you have in the bank, whether it's 500 or 500,000, it's going down before your eyes. Please hear me now. I am not telling you to do anything drastic or radical, and I never will. Get some gold and silver as part of your wealth. You must have it now. It's too volatile of an environment. Call Oxford Gold Group today. 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-GOLD. I'm not talking about pieces of paper either. Oxford Gold Group will put gold and silver, real gold and silver, in your hands. Go get it in it because it's always had value. It will always have value. Stick with precious metals. Oxford Gold Group, 833-995-GOLD. Gold you can hold. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And I honestly, before we get into these dangerous escalations... And before I get to Chad Robichaux, he's coming up in about an hour from now. Marine Force recon, UFC fighter, has thoughts on Afghanistan. Let's once again, because Chris decided to play Smashing Pumpkins, let's go back to this and look. Look, America's all about competition. Who has a worse voice? Play it. Okay, I understand. I understand that's difficult to listen to. But once again, Chris, would you mind? Uh, could you give us some more of that nah, 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 smashing pumpkin you like to play? I say it's a toss-up. I say it's a toss-up, but look, I leave it up to you. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com is the email address if you'd like to weigh in. Back to the dangerous escalations we are currently facing. All periods of time are not the same. 
societies change, cultures change, and when things begin to deteriorate rapidly in a culture, escalations are more and more common. I don't care about how you feel about any of these issues I'm about to list for you. They were escalation moments. That's a fact. I'm not your mommy. It's not your mommy's show. I'm your daddy. This is a fact. The Russian collusion thing. The Federal Bureau of Investigation and the DOJ and CIA directors and FBI directors and all these entities accusing the elected president of the United States as as being basically a Russian asset and then dragging him through the coals for two years in that investigation, that was an escalation moment. People on the right, they took that as, wait a minute, the forces of government are even against us when we're in charge of the government. That was an escalation moment, making people on the right feel helpless and hopeless. Brett Kavanaugh, I don't care how you feel about it, and I don't even like Brett Kavanaugh. Brett Kavanaugh and what happened to him was an escalation moment. It was. Because people on the right, they watched somebody get absolutely destroyed from accusations that came from nowhere and had nothing to back them up whatsoever. Do you really remember? Do you remember Christine Blasey Ford? in her fake tears in front of the Senate. And you remember when they started interrogating her about the, quote, assault that took place? Do you remember that? When she didn't remember anything? She didn't remember how she got to the party, who she went to the party with, what happened at the party, who she left the party with. She didn't remember a single solitary thing. Nobody who's ever been under attack for any reason, female or male, Walks away with it without remembering anything. Nobody. Complete fabrication. And the world watched, the right watched, as they turned Brett Kavanaugh into a gang rapist alcoholic. And yes, Chris, you might as well play one of the great SNL skits of all time when they started making fun of Kavanaugh. What? (laughs) Judge Kavanaugh. (laughs) That's enough. That's enough. Yes, I realize it was lampooning Kavanaugh, but still, that moment when they took a man people viewed as, I mean, he was, remember, Brett Kavanaugh was a nerd. Brett Kavanaugh had a high school desk calendar and kept it in storage. What a dork. It took this lifelong nerd and made him out to be some monster without hesitation. From Kavanaugh? Came COVID. These are all escalating moments, remember. The right is starting to wake up. Okay, we can't even have a president that won't be opposed at every turn. That wait, the FBI the FBI is against the, the FBI is really against us? Is that real? Okay, Brett Kavanaugh's coming up. We'll get to replace him. I understand Democrats are gonna oppose him. I get the game. Whoa, hold on. What? They're 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 making up lies about rape? That they can't do that. Why can they do that? And the right becomes to get more and more woken up and more and more radicalized. And the country's getting more and more divided. And then comes coronavirus. And coronavirus hits and the system just decides. Your small business has to go. Your kid can't go to school. We're going to carpet bomb the mental health of the nation. 
that drug and alcohol rehab you were going through, sorry, go home and drink. Oh, you want to do hang out by the pool this summer? Put on a mask. Make sure little Timmy does too. Escalation moments. And then one of the great escalation moments I've ever seen was the St. George Floyd death. When George Floyd died and half this country decided that cops, I don't care if you love cops or hate cops, Saying cops are the problem in the urban black community is the dumbest, most insane thing I've ever heard in my life. And half the country just decided on its own that cops are a bunch of racist scumbags hunting down black men for sport. And the other half of the country was horrified by what they were seeing on TV. Horrified. That was an escalation moment dividing this nation. Then we have the Biden election. What do you believe about that election? What don't you believe? Let's just agree on this because we're probably going to quibble about the details on the election. Let's just agree on this. It looks bad. There's a lot in there that looks really, really bad, which, okay, sometimes things look bad. But instead of acknowledging, okay, this looks bad. All right, let's 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 look into it. Let's do an audit. Let's do these things. Instead, what do you get? 2020 was the most secure election ever. And you better repeat that or we'll take away your Facebook page. Wait, what? Whoa, are you kidding me? I can't ask questions now. What are you talking about? Say it's the most secure ever. Say it's the most secure ever right now. We will go after your advertisers. We'll ban your Facebook page. We'll, go, we'll show up at your home. These are escalation moments when you're told you're not allowed to question things. Mark my words. People don't realize it right now. What the Texas Democrats just did was an escalation moment that is actually going to have consequences for the United States of America. What do I mean by that? Circling back to what I said in the first segment. They did not violate norms. They didn't bend the rules, what they did was against the law. It's against the law to flee the session and not vote in Texas. They broke the law. They broke it on purpose. They broke it en masse, and they went on social media and bragged about breaking the law. They're now on television singing very poorly. No, I'm not going to play it for you again right now. They're now on television in D.C. singing. Whining about it. I'm a fugitive. Woo-hoo-hoo. Okay, well, are you aware of where where this goes? Because you understand what has to happen now, right? You understand Texas Governor Greg Abbott has to make two choices. He has two choices to make. Well, they're both really, really bad. You want to know what those are? I'll tell you in a second. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Chris, don't you dare turn down that music. Turn the music back up. I'll talk with dear Mr. Fantasy playing behind me because you actually played something decent tonight on the show. Don't forget, I'll get back to the consequences you're not foreseeing of this Texas Democrats thing. But don't forget, if you miss any part of the show, the whole thing's podcasted on iArt, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. And also, we have Chad Robichaux coming up one hour from now. Marine Force Recon. 
UFC champion. He has a lot to say about Afghanistan, and we're going to let him say it. Now, an unforeseen consequence. People are not, they're not seeing it with this Texas Democrats thing, but there's something coming. Greg Abbott has already come out and said, he's the Texas governor. He has said, what they've done is against the law. He's, of course, right. And he said they will be arrested upon their return to Texas. Supposedly, they can't return until August 6th. That's when the session's over, something like that. But whenever they return, Greg Abbott is going to have them arrested. So Greg Abbott has a choice to make that is going to have reverberations throughout the United States of America in our entire political process and just how heated this political process is. Do you have any idea what it looks like if Greg Abbott follows through and throws a bunch of elected Democrats in handcuffs the second they get back to the state? Don't get me wrong. I'm all for it. I'm not trying to go soft on you here. Do you just pause for a moment? Pause for a moment And let's just set this stuff aside. Do you remember the Kurds? Do you remember Syria and the Kurds? You may not, but we were in Syria or kind of in Syria. I'm not going to go into the details of it. And one of our allies, people we work with over there, the Kurds, Donald Trump came out during his presidency and announced that he was moving a thousand of our troops further away from the border. And this would kind of expose the Kurds more to Turkey. None of this matters. None of this matters. But you probably do remember the onslaught of media coverage for two or three days about Donald Trump dooming the Kurds to genocide. We may never see them again. ABC News, they even ran a video on ABC News of a gun range from in Kentucky. It was a night shoot at a gun range in Kentucky, and ABC edited the video and then played it and told people that was taking place in Syria. That was t- the, 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 you, you watched it and thought the Kurds were getting shot. A complete mind-blowing reaction for something completely benign and nothing bad happened anyway. How do you think the system is going to treat a Republican governor having Democrat lawmakers arrested upon their return to Texas if Abbott chooses to follow through with that. I don't think people fully realize exactly what's coming. This is going to... I could easily see a scenario where this causes left-wing violence. The way the system is going to present this as some radical GOP tyrant arresting his political opposition for no reason whatsoever. How long will they be jailed? Are they in dungeons having their fingernails pulled out? And it's going to be each and every part of the system. Every media outlet. They're all going to be running with it. Hollywood actors and actresses are going to be putting up their stupid Instagram videos. Ah, how long will America descend into this tyranny? Republicans must go. You can picture it now, can't you? You can picture how the system is going to sell this. Saturday Night Live is going to be running skits on it. Every late night comedian is going to be doing things about Texas is the North Korea of America. Kim Jong-un and... It's going to be an escalation. And that, what I just described to you... 
That's the good option. The bad option is this. And I'm worried this is going to happen. Please, Lord, let me be wrong for the first time ever. I'm worried the bad option is going to be the one Greg Abbott chooses, and that's him not doing anything at all. Him doing the whole Bill Barr stuff, and we'll get to the Bill Barr stuff in a minute, but him doing the Bill Barr stuff. Well, I don't wanna I don't wanna do a political tit for tat. We're gonna let this go. I can't I look, I don't like how this would look in the press. We can't press this thing too far and letting Texas Democrats get away with breaking the law on purpose in mass on TV. That is an even more dangerous escalation. If Democrats who already feel completely free violating the law in jurisdiction after jurisdiction after jurisdiction because they know they have a communist DA in charge, if Democrats, elected Democrats, if they get final confirmation that Republicans don't have the guts to enforce Anything because of the negative media coverage, you don't even want to know the ways that will embolden this party. You don't even want to know it. These people, they're serious. I'm looking at a headline here. Biden allies, this is from Bongino, Biden allies want to monitor text messages to control what's said about the COVID vaccine. These people are communists. What do you think they're going to do to you if Greg Abbott confirms for them that Republicans don't have the guts to actually do anything, even with blatant violations of the law? What do you think they're going to do? I'm telling you right now, we are at an escalation moment here. This Texas Democrats thing is bigger than you think it is. Plus, I mean, the singing. I want you to know, because I know you're being mad. I know you're mad right now about me playing it. The video is a minute long. And I told Chris when we got in that we're playing the whole video. And he begged me for your sake. He went to war for you and said, don't. And so I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. But Chris was your only saving grace there. It makes me laugh so hard that I played the whole thing on my TV show tonight. My show's on 9 o'clock Eastern on the first TV. I played the whole minute on my TV show, and I was laughing so hard by the time it was done, I cried. In all seriousness, now you can let it go a little longer, Chris, because I want to do this for everybody. There's this funny thing about being a Democrat politician, or maybe it's just a politician in general. How do you set aside shame? Now let's let's you know what let's set the ladies aside because women can get away it's cuz they're so hot they can get away with bad singing and bad dancing they just can manage to get away with it but dudes automatically feel dumb singing or dancing cuz almost all of us look dumb singing and dancing if you're one of the dudes on this stage and the singing breaks out and the the cameras are on you how do you not have that cringing moment knowing man I look like a boob. There's 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 at least one lady in there too. 
who's just butchering it for everybody. And anyone who's ever been to church knows who that lady is. Chris, do you people sing at synagogue? You do sing? You have, I'm guessing you have this experience too. And look, at church, they sing. you sing worship songs in the beginning. There's always some lady who can't sing at all. Who chooses? See, Chris is laughing. Happens at synagogue too. Who chooses to sing louder than everybody else, and it just carpet bombs it. See, I used to get in trouble when I was a kid because I wouldn't be able to stop laughing in church because of these reasons. All right, let's set this stuff aside for a moment. We're going to set aside Texas Democrats. We're going to set aside the the reading of the text messages. It's so unbelievable. I had to read the article. I read several articles on it. They mean it. They want to read your text messages. We're going to set aside all that, and we're going to do something that, well, probably one of my favorite things in the world to do. As you know, I'm I'm a sociopath, so I don't have many passions in life. I just don't. I like to eat. I'm probably one of the top five nappers in the world, I would guess, so I like to nap. Don't laugh, Chris. I am. But there's something... There's something I really, really cherish. It puts a smile in my face. You know what that something is? I'll tell you in a second. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and we are about to do one of my favorite things in the world, and that is make fun of the U.S. Navy. I can't help it. It's in my nature. I'm a bad person. I should note on that song, Africa, that you just played, Chris, for an uncomfortable amount of years, I thought he said, I guess it rains down in Africa instead of I missed it. You can't hear what he's saying. Why are you laughing at me? You can't hear what these people are saying. No, you can't. I never know the words to any music. That's actually a fair point. Chris said, that's why I never know the meaning behind everything. Chris is always telling me the weirdo meaning behind these weirdo songs, and I never knew. Back to the Navy. All right, before I openly make fun of them, the headline is this. This is from Daily Mail. Navy is in disarray and focusing more on diversity training than war fighting, report says. And I'm going to dig into this report here in just a moment. And then we're going to make it real. But first, we are going to do my favorite thing in the world. Not one of my favorites. My favorite thing in the world. And we're going to say, I told you so. What did I say to you? Was it last week or the week before on this show? What did I tell you about the results of the military focusing on diversity would be. What did I say? I came on the air and I told every single person listening, I have people nodding their heads right now because they know. I said, if I get a date that you and I are going to fight to the death a year from now and I spend five hours a day making sure uh, uh, black people and women and gay people feel welcome enough and then five hours a day training to kill you. Meanwhile, you spend all 10 hours a day training to kill me. When we meet, I'm going to die. Time is finite. There are so many out. There are only so many hours in the day. There's only so much focus to go around. You can't have mixed messaging. You can't be going a bunch of different ways. One way. It's the Navy. What's your job? 
sink their ships, blow up their cities, shoot down their planes. That's your job. Period. End of story. What do we have now? I mean, you heard me come on there and say that. I told you it was coming. What's this report say? Well, a scathing new report commissioned by members of Congress has claimed that the Navy's surface warfare forces have systemic training and leadership issues, including a focus on diversity that overshadows basic readiness skills. Allow me to pause for just a moment and say this. A high, high-ranking source, I'll put it to you this way, who would know, told me, Jesse, you know all those great admirals from World War II we all like to admire? He said not a single one of those guys would get promoted past LT in today's Navy and they'd run them out of the Navy. Too hard, too offensive. That's how bad it is. What does that mean to you? Hang on. I'm going to get to that in just a moment. A report prepared by Marine Lieutenant General Robert Schmindel and Rear Admiral Mark Montgomery, both retired, came in response to recent naval disasters, including the burning of the USS Bonham Richard in San Diego, two collisions involving Navy ships in the Pacific, and the surrender of two small craft to Iran. The authors conducted hour-long interviews with 77 current and retired Navy officers, offering them anonymity to identify issues they wouldn't feel comfortable raising in the chain of command. The report found that a staggering 94% of the subjects believed the recent naval disasters were part of a broader problem in Navy culture and leadership. Quote, I guarantee you every unit in the Navy is up to speed on that diversity training. I'm sorry, I can't say the same for their ship handling, said one recently retired senior enlisted leader. I'm going to let you read. The rest of this. This is from the Daily Mail if you're interested in the article. You know what, Chris? Put this up on the show's Twitter account at Jesse Kelly Show. We'll link to that article. Or if you're interested in following me on social media, and I mean, I am brilliant on there, you can follow me on Twitter at Jesse Kelly DC. I'm also on Instagram, same handle, Facebook, and all that. Let's set that aside for a moment. I want you to understand what it means to be an American and to be an American with a great Navy. You see, you, you have several advantages living here in the United States of America. Yes, you are in a country that was founded on limited government that allowed your economy to grow, allowed you to be free and live in the wealthiest nation on earth. All, that, all that's true. You also, you live in a country with an absurd amount of natural resources, Understand something. You don't get that just by owning a lot of land. You know how big Russia is? It's huge. For its size, Russia actually doesn't have that much in natural resources. That's why they're always gobbling up a little bit here and a little bit there. It's not a size thing. I mean, size matters, but it's not the end of the world. Grow up, Chris. It's true, though. We have endless natural resources here that's helped make us super wealthy. But there's something else I take for granted all the time, and I'm sure you take for granted too. Pull up a map, unless you're driving. Look at the United States of America. You see those two big blue-looking things off the east coast and off the west coast of the country? Those are called, uh, what is that word? Oh, those are oceans. Those are 
border walls unto themselves. They are huge obstacles. Now, why is that an obstacle? Well, one of the great victories in World War II people don't talk about is the logistical war of supplying our troops clear over in those Pacific islands when they were over there fighting the Japanese. It's one of the modern marvels. We managed to ship all that stuff. It's hard to get stuff across the water, especially mass amounts of stuff. It's very, very, very difficult. Where am I going with this? What does this have anything to do with anything? Hang on, you'll find out. facing the most significant test of our democracy since the Civil War. That's not hyperbole. Since the Civil War. <laughs> what? Actually, actually, yes, Joe, that, that, that is hyperbole. <laughs> what? You know what? I'll get to that in a moment. Speaking of dangerous escalation, escalations, but we have to continue on this naval thing for just a minute. You understand the Japanese came and took over an Alaskan island, right? A couple of them during World War II. You know about that? You know that the Germans were sinking ships right off New York's coast in World War II? The Japanese actually took our uh, some, some weapons from one of their submarines and fired on an American city. Santa Barbara, I believe it was, but I may have that wrong. You have two gigantic oceans beside you, to your east and to your west. That's what we have. It is a tremendous, tremendous blessing. But it's only a tremendous blessing unless the people who want to kill you can sweep your navy out of the water. If the people who want to kill us can sweep our navy out of the water, well... Have you ever heard artillery blow up nearby you? I have had the displeasure of having artillery blow up nearby me. No, it actually was not the enemy. There was a little friendly fire incident. Don't worry, nobody died. It's not something you forget. Do you know what it would look like, what it would sound like with, let's just call them Chinese naval vessels sitting off the coast of Los Angeles, firing naval guns into the city? How quickly would the city of Los Angeles descend into absolute chaos, anarchy, and horror as people tried to flee the city while buildings crumbled and tens of thousands died? If you think I'm trying to scare you, that's because I am trying to scare you. That's what it means when your Navy isn't good enough anymore. And I'll tell you right now, not tomorrow, not next year, as of right now. Our Navy is not good enough. Our Navy would lose major engagements right now. Why? Well, it's right here in the article. All these guys are telling you as soon as they're granted anonymity, they all come right out and say it. We talk about diversity all day long. We have diversity training here and diversity training there. There are only so many hours in a day. You know what? I know what goes into running a ship, and I know a tiny bit about it. I wasn't even on one. It's more than just, uh, what's the best way? More than just steering the thing. I'll put it to you that way. 
fire prevention. Putting out a fire on a naval ship because there are going to be fires when the blank hits the fan. That takes hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of training. Hours you don't have if you're, well, do we have enough Asians? Are the gay people, are the transgender bathrooms working yet? We don't have time for this. We don't have time for this. And it's more than just how bad it is now. Here's the truth of the matter. You and I have something in common. Humans have something in common. Human beings will generally gravitate to where they're welcome. And they will stay away from areas they don't feel welcome. That's simply human nature. The type A's, the alpha males, yes, it's sexist, I'm sexist, live with it. The type A alpha males who win wars in the Navy, Army, Marine Corps, and have always won wars, do you think they feel extremely welcome right now in the military, or do you feel like they think the culture is pulling away from them? I talk to these guys all the time because I have so many friends who are still in. It's not just how bad it is now. It's how bad it's going to be because the alphas, the warriors, guys like Chad Robichaux, who's coming up in about 20 minutes from now, the Marine Force Recon UFC fighter types, they're like, well, I don't want to sit through gay diversity training. I was fine with everybody anyway. I want to learn how to kill Chinese military personnel. I'm leaving because I have options. Chad Robichaux has options. The real warriors have options. And they don't feel welcome in the military. They don't want to sit through training on how racist they are towards black people. They want to train with their brothers of all colors and learn how to murder the Chinese military. That's what they want to do. And so they're leaving. And it's not just what's happening now. It's what the future looks like. The future is going to be a bunch of namby-pamby weenie losers. And we haven't even talked about the women. I've brought this up before, and I understand it's offensive, and I couldn't care less if you're offended because I'm 100% right, and I get email after email after email from Navy personnel, women included, telling me I'm right after this. Women should not be deployed on naval vessels with the men. That's not because women are bad. It's because young men and young women, they cause drama when they work together. It's hormones. It's human nature. I've used this example before. It's simply a fact. If uh, if Chris and I were two single dudes and we were airdropped on a deserted island with one beautiful woman and you came back a year later, either Chris or me wouldn't be there anymore. That's human nature. That's not because he's bad or she's bad or I'm bad. That's human nature. You cannot take 18, 19, 20-year-olds, stuff them down in a ship together, kick them out to sea for six months, and not have drama, pregnancies, tensions, feuds, things you don't have time for in the Navy. I'll tell you something else, and this is very, very, very secret, so I'm going to have to cover up the names, dates, and the ship name. I'll tell you something I know for a fact. It brought up these collisions in here, you know, these major naval collisions we've had. You want to know the truth about one of them? You ready for a little inside baseball stuff? 
the truth about one of them is this. Why was there a collision? Because the person who was supposed to be watching that particular area wasn't in her area. Why wasn't she in her area? Because her former lover had upset her incredibly badly on the ship and she decided she didn't want to stand post that night, so didn't stand post. Boom. Naval vessel collision. I could give you names and dates, but I will not. I've promised this person secrecy. That's real. The rot is real, and it's here. And it's not about the Navy. It's about you. And it's about me. It's about American cities and towns. You're blessed to be an American. I'm blessed to be an American because we have these two gigantic oceans providing excellent border security since, well, our founding. Those oceans don't become barriers anymore if your Navy can be swept off the sea. Even the founding fathers who believed in, as I do, a tiny, tiny, tiny land force that you keep at all times, even they knew We have to have a robust Navy at all times here in America because we are surrounded by water. They knew it. You must have an outstanding Navy as a citizen of the United States of America. Look, if you're in Switzerland, you don't need a Navy. But you do need a force that is outstanding at fighting in the mountains. You're surrounded by them. You know how much you know how much training the Swiss military does in the mountains? Oh, I don't know, all of it. Your army trains for the environment it's put in. In America, you must have an outstanding navy. That's why the British had a great navy forever. The island navy, the or the island nation. How they conquered the world with it. This is a bigger deal than you think. And I'm going to get off it now because I realize there's all kinds of current events going on here and everything else we can talk about. But it is really important. It's life or death important. Life or death for tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of Americans. All right, I'm going to talk to you next. And I'm going to talk to you about Democrats assaulting American businesses, American businesses who show any love for America, American businesses who show any love for Christianity. And we're going to talk about action items, things you and I have to do. One thing we 100% have to do, we have to patronize the businesses who support the values we love. My pillow doesn't just provide you Giza Dreams sheets and mattress toppers and, oh my gosh, the best pillows in the history of mankind and slippers and pajamas. And yes, all this stuff is of the best quality. That's why they have a 60-day money-back guarantee. My pillow loves this country. You don't see Mike Lindell dogging on this country. You see him out there fighting for it. So let me ask you, when you have pajama needs and sheet needs and pillow needs and everything else, Are you going to go to the big box store that trashes this place? The big box store running commercials you can't even watch with your kids? You seen any MyPillow commercials you can't watch with your kids? No, they're all sharp and funny. Oh, and they have a special now too. Those Giza Dream Sheets, two for one low price plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code is JESSE. MyPillow.com, promo code is JESSE. Giza Dream Sheets, Two for one low price plus free shipping. Go buy some right now. Let MyPillow know how much you appreciate what they do. MyPillow.com, promo code JESSE. Missed out? 
catch up. JesseKellyShow.com. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and we're going to get to this playing offense. You and I talk about playing offense a lot. Do we do it? No, we don't do it near enough. Do we have to? You bet we do. But what does playing offense mean? Well, I'm going to tell you that. I'm going to tell you in just a second, but I do have to play this because this video just came out. It's a local news report. Remember the whole Biden's going to be sending people door to door with the vaccine thing? Apparently, apparently they meant that. Right now, though, talking about the COVID vaccine could be coming right to your doorstep. Starting today, the Mecklenburg County Health Department launched a new doses to doors program. Health department workers <laughs> giving out shots. I, Chris and I were discussing how we're going to conduct ourselves if a vaccine person comes to our door. I I don't think I'm going to do any. I don't think I'm going to answer the door, to be honest with you. Actually, I take that back. In general, if a stranger comes to the door and I'm there, I answer it because they almost always, because I'm so big, I'm 6'8", they almost always take a step back and I don't answer it with the friendliest face in the world, unless it's kids selling Girl Girl Scout cookies. Then I answer the door and scream at them so they'll drop all the cookies and take off and then I take them inside. No, I'd stop. We can make jokes. Anyway, I think I'll just be polite. And say no, but you know, the animosity out there is so bad because of the political escalation. You know, there are going to be people who are just absolutely terrible to them. Terrible to them. I ever tell you this story about that guy who knocked on my door late at night, Chris? Oh, I didn't tell you this story. Well, when I was a kid, I don't remember this. I wasn't old enough to remember it. So I'm getting this story secondhand. But when I was a kid, you know, my old man was in construction. We did construction. That was just what we did. So he was always off working construction. And my parents didn't own a gun, didn't, couldn't afford a gun. And my mom was home, home alone. And some guy, they were in a second-story apartment, but it was a second-story apartment over someone else's garage, that kind of a thing. It was a weird kind of thing. Look, Chris, when you don't have any money, you stay where you can stay, okay? So that's where they were staying. Apparently, this guy... Shows up, knocks on the door. My mother, by the grace of God, did not answer it. Says, no, thank you. Leave. He then starts pounding on the door. She's obviously getting scared. You're a woman home alone. No firearm in the house. Starts yelling at him to leave. Now he starts trying to kick in the door. And by the grace of God, this is what, look, there are sometimes, especially older houses, They're built like tanks. They have these oak doors, and this guy could not get in the door. She calls my dad right away instead of the cops. She calls my dad, gets in his truck, and he's tearing over there. And he's trying. This guy was supposedly trying till right before my dad got there to get this door open and get in at my mom. Doesn't get there. So because of that, and just because of some things I saw in the Marine Corps and whatnot, I'm generally prepared when I answer the door. All right, I'm always holding a weapon when I answer the door. But almost universally, I am holding a weapon when I answer the door. I'm never pointing it at anyone or making anyone feel unsafe. It's, it's universally hidden. I'll keep it uh, maybe in a holster, maybe holding it at my side. But I am holding a weapon when I answer a door at all times. <sighs> a year ago, year and a half ago, wife goes to bed early, tired. Kids go to bed. 
I'm sitting up watching a World War II documentary because I'm quite the party animal, Chris. <laughs> I'm sitting up watching a World War II documentary, and it was 9.30, 9 o'clock, 9.30 at night, fairly late, and ding dong, dude just flat out rings the doorbell. And I go stomping over to the door, and I rip open the door, and it was this dirty-looking dude, tattoos all over him, dirty, and he sees me, and his eyes kind of pop open, and he backs way off the porch because I'm telling him, back away for me, do me, back away, back away. Now, what do you want? And it turns out I scared this poor freaking guy to death. He was one of the Mexican landscapers who was in the neighborhood their their truck broke down, and all he needed was a jump. He didn't do anything wrong at all. And I ripped open the door, and the dude was like 5'2", and I, I, I about made him soil himself. So I'm like, yeah, man, of course I'll help you out. So I holster my weapon and run to the car and grab my jumper cables and give the guys the jump, but I scared the daylights out of him. Anyway, back to back – to, that, that, what did I have to do with anything? I don't know. I just remembered telling the story. The vaccinated. Oh, yeah, the vaccinated people. Just be polite if they show up at the door. Are, are they going to be socialist nutballs? Probably. Just be polite. Chris's plan. Chris is going to be polite, but he's going to be. It's such it's such a guerrilla terrorist thing to do from Chris. He's going to be way too polite, and he's going to talk to them for like an hour just to take up their time so they can't get to anyone else, and he's going to fake like he's interested. I've actually done that before with telemarketers who call me before. Oh, please tell me more, and then just waste their time forever and hang up on them. That's immature, Chris. Anyway, back to playing offense. We have Chad Robichaux coming up, I should say, about five minutes from now. Marine Force Recon. UFC champion. He has some very, very, very strong thoughts about Afghanistan. But first, the headline is from the Washington Examiner. New York Democrats urge ban of Chick-fil-A from state rest stops. And they're, of course, going to go through with this. Quote, Chick-fil-A and its founders have a long and controversial history of opposing the rights of LGBTQ+. Chris, what's plus? Everything after? Is that what they say? Are they just leaving the door open for anything else? Okay, whatever. LGBTQ plus individuals and their families, the assembly members said on the, in a July 9th letter. Okay, one. This whole Chick-fil-A, Democrat war with Chick-fil-A thing is so painfully overblown, it's amazing. Chick-fil-A is a company that was founded by Southern Baptists. They're a Christian company. You understand you're allowed to feel any way you want to feel about LGBTQ+, and it doesn't make you a bigot, right? I mean, you get that? If you're one of these people, if you're gay, not my business, not my business at all, don't care. If you're a person who believes that's not right because the Bible says it's not right, you're allowed to believe that too. You're allowed to believe in your God. You're allowed to believe in God. You're allowed to believe in the Bible. You're allowed to have strong beliefs about everything. Beliefs that go against what the system says, but not according to the authoritarians of the left. Now, let's set that aside. I kind of love this. Why would I love it? Why would I love what the Democrats are doing to Chick-fil-A? Well, you're going to have to hang on through Chad Robichaux, and I will explain. Hang on. James Dean. Well, then, there, Diane. 
It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and I know I promised you a guest, but apparently cell phones are down, so you're welcome. Now you just get more me. (laughs) What, Chris? It's Jesse the Oracle, Kelly. I told you all. I told you what would happen. I told you you don't have enough hours in the day. There are not enough hours in the day to have your military half-focused on diversity and half-focused on killing the enemy. There simply isn't time. All right, so let's address this right now. New York Democrats urge a ban of Chick-fil-A from state rest stops. Let me ask you something. Are you comfortable with your Republican legislature banning a communist company. You know, there are plenty of them out there. The ones who absolutely waterboard you with filth at all times. There are plenty of them out there. Are you comfortable with them doing that? And if the answer to that question is no, if you're whatever, Michigan State, Texas, I don't care where you are. If the answer to that question is no, no, Jesse, I I don't want to do that. What's your plan then? What is your plan then? Do you have one? You understand they're never going to back off until you make sure they're going to hurt. We'll get back to that in a moment. Joining me now is my friend Chad Robichaud, Marine Force Recon, UFC fighter, champion, founder of the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Chad I was never in Afghanistan, by the grace of God. You were. We're leaving. The Taliban appear to be taking over in about the next 15 minutes. The floor is yours, sir. Yeah, well, they they definitely are taking over. uh, You know, and and by the way, thanks for having me on, especially talk about this, you know, just important topic, and and it's turning to be a tragic topic. You know, we've been been in Afghanistan for 20 years. I don't think anyone disagrees. That we've been pulling out, you know, I, I deployed to Afghanistan eight times as part of a JSOC task force. My son deployed when a, two generations in a family deploys to Afghanistan or any war zone. We've probably been there too long. But there's a right way and a wrong way to leave places. And, uh, you know, uh, right now we're leaving with a really hasty plan, I believe, is to keep a campaign promise by President Biden. And, uh, and, uh, and we're not only leaving hastily and without a good strategy, but we're leaving behind our Afghan allies, and uh, there's no exit plan for them. They, uh, we, we had about 80,000 Afghans served with us over the last 20 years, making it possible for us to keep our, you know, our casualties low and have the local national support. Uh, some amazing human beings that were patriots for their country and, and served right alongside of us and fought and bled. Many of them died beside us. And, and, and now we're leaving, and we uh, we don't have enough visas. We've had 26,000 visas. The administration hadn't added any. Uh, just two weeks ago, there was an HR uh, uh, house, house bill that was passed, bipartisan passed, to put 8,000 more. But they're telling that to the public. But what they're not telling them is that the embassy's closed because of COVID. These Afghans are getting left behind. The Taliban's taking over right now. They've already taken 80 provinces. They just took Herat a few days ago. And I'm talking to some of my guys there. And, I mean, the uh, Taliban is already assassinating uh, some of these interpreters. interpreters. Uh, just, I just heard one just as uh, recent as yesterday. <sighs> Chad, what would have been the Chad Robichaud plan for getting us out? 
You know, I, I am a I am a believer that we need, do need to leave, uh, and I would, uh, but I also share this opinion. That I don't think probably a popular opinion, uh, but I believe that we should have kept Bagram as a strategic uh, foothold in the Middle East. It should have been uh, we had allied partners from all around the world that were occupying Bagram with us. Does it, just because we're in Bagram doesn't mean we need to be out policing Afghanistan. Uh, but you have to think there's a lot going on in the world right now. Bagram's the air base in, in Afghanistan sits in the middle of Russia, China, Iran, Iraq. It sits everywhere in the middle of that. So we uh, have forfeited the most strategic uh, military foothold in the world uh, for U.S. interests in, national, in U.S. national security by leaving Bagram. We left Bagram overnight, uh, just like President Obama did when he left Al-Assad Air Base in, uh, in Iraq. And we left all our equipment there, including Black Hawk helicopters uh, that we left there. And uh, that's going to all end up in the hands of the Taliban. And then when this place ends up to be a hotbed for terrorism again, we won't, we won't have a position to go there and fight it. We're going to have to start all over again from ground zero. And, and U.S. service members are going to die having to do that. In addition, you know, we, we don't have that presence near Russia, China, Iran uh, that, we, that we needed to have. And uh, you know, I think we forfeited that. I don't think we should have forfeited it. I think we should have stayed in Bagram Air Base indefinitely, which you know a lot of people don't like to hear that. Uh, but I think we should have stayed there indefinitely. Not that doesn't mean again that doesn't mean we're out uh, policing Afghanistan. We're there uh, just occupying that base to have that strategic foothold in the Middle East. And if we do that. We were already doing it with allied nations around the world who was who was there as well. So wouldn't have took a strong presence to stay there. And it was very, very uh, defendable. Speaking with Chad Robichaud right now, he is the founder of the Mighty Oaks Foundation, Marine Force Recon, UFC fighter. Chad, who's responsible for the failure? It's, I know it's not the guys on the ground. The, gu- the guys on the ground won all the enga- engagements. Who's responsible for this? Well, you know, a lot of people, uh, there's a lot of people saying right now that, uh, I know just recently, uh, Press Secretary Saki said, this is a failed military effort that we, we didn't win. And that's, it's, it's not true that we failed. We went there for one reason on September 11th. I think America has kind of forgotten that reason. A lot of people have forgotten that reason. Uh, and a lot of people have confused it with Iraq. Iraq and, and Afghanistan are two different things. We went to Iraq for different reasons than we went to Afghanistan. We went to Afghanistan to hunt down and hold accountable those who we believe to be responsible for the September 11th attacks attacks on American soil. That's what we went to Afghanistan for. Uh, I was there early on. My job at, at this JSOC task force was, you know, our command was tasked with hunting down and killing whoever's on the top 10 list of bad guys that uh, was responsible for 9-11. And we did that well. And the American military did that job. We, we held those, those that we held responsible. We either captured or killed those guys. And so that was, if you think about why we went to Afghanistan, it was a success. It was a military victory. However, over the years, there's been a mission creep and a mission creep and a mission creep. And for political reasons, and I believe lobbyists and people that are making a lot of money in Afghanistan, that's why we never left. So the military was successful there. The military had a victory there. Uh, politicians lost us, uh, lost in Afghanistan, but not the United States military. And uh, I, believe, I personally believe it was because so much money is to be made by these uh, warmongers, and, uh, and it lines the pockets of people in Washington, D.C., and that's just – it's as simple as that, but it's as, it's as disgusting as that as well. Chad, tell me about Never Fight Alone, this Mighty Oaks Foundation. Obviously, it's a great organization. What's Never Fight Alone? 
Well, you know, after 20 years of war, and uh, we've had lots of casualties of that, is you know, physical injuries, emotional injuries, and spiritual injuries, injuries to those who have you know been doing, uh, been out in combat and seeing the hard things that, and doing the hard things that have to be done in combat. And we, we have a veteran suicide rate of over 20 a day. Uh, over 30 percent of our military is diagnosed with PTSD after 20 years of war, and then 80 percent divorce rate. So a lot of problems going on. With the military, Mighty Oaks Foundation was was born after I overcame my own struggles and started help, had a heart to help other people uh, with faith-based solutions uh, through our legacy program and uh, going on bases. I've been around bases around the world, spoke to over 250,000 active duty troops on bases and spiritual resiliency, and we've had over 4,000 people graduate our legacy program uh, with PTSD. And so we wanted to do a documentary, not just about the problems that military warriors are facing, but the solutions that we found at Mighty Oaks Foundation. So we launched this documentary uh, called Never Fight Alone. We premiered it at the Museum of the Bible last month with Steve Green, the founder of Hobby Lobby, hosted, hosted us there. An amazing event. And then right now it's being shown uh, exclusively on imsecond.com. Uh, you can watch it, imsecond.com backslash Never Fight Alone. It's 33 minutes. Incredible documentary. Includes my story and the story of several other warriors has a Sergeant Major Marine Corps on it, uh, General Boykin, General mm-hmm. Dees, some incredible uh, commentary, and uh, really point people to the solution. Yep. Chad Robichaud, thank you so much for what you do. I encourage people, go check out that video. Check out Mighty Oaks Foundation. They do incredible things for people who went over there and gave it all for us. Appreciate you, my brother. Simplify. Thanks. Simplify, Jesse. <laughs> Are you comfortable being uncomfortable? Are you comfortable playing offense, or do you say you want to play offense? Let's talk about that. Hang on. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. You're welcome. The greater band, Van Halen? Or the Texas Democrats. Oh, stop. Now I'm just, now I'm, I'm poking at the bear. These Van Halen fans have been sending the nastiest emails for days now. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Are you comfortable playing offense against them? Are you comfortable demanding your legislatures, your Republican legislation? Are you demanding they ban? Liberal restaurants. And if you say you're not, because I'll tell you, look, I'm not, but I want mine to do it. I'm not comfortable, but I understand defeating these people is going to take discomfort. If you're not comfortable with it, then what you have to do is this. Tell me what your plan is. Live and let live? Are we still going to do that thing? Are we still going to pretend like that's somehow a solution? Let's get to some emails here. Mask mandates. What is your take on mask mandates? Planes? Anywhere? Car? Anywhere? No, because masks aren't effective at stopping the spread of coronavirus. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a contrarian here. I'm really genuinely not. But listen, this is something everyone has to accept. And this cannot be sugar-coated. It can't be glossed over. 
There's no possible way around this. What I'm about to tell you is a fact. I don't care about your opinion on it, although I have opinions. It's an opinion show. What I'm about to tell you is an absolute fact. What is that fact? If masks and social distancing and all that craziness, if it helps stop the spread of coronavirus, then when states like Florida and Texas opened up, there would have been people dying in droves. There would have been a massive increase. Just like Dr. Fauci even went on went on TV. I remember when Texas opened up. Just wait two or three weeks. This is irresponsible. People will die. And then two or three weeks rolled around, and Texas's numbers were as good or better than anywhere else. I understand that I'm going to get all kinds of pushback for this, and you're welcome to yell at me. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Send your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. They're all welcome. All your emails go right to Chris. He prints them all out for me. I read every single one. I won't respond. I get too many. You're welcome to yell at me, so I don't care, but are you ready to accept the truth that your mask hasn't done anything to protect you or anyone around you? Are you ready to accept that your medical community didn't have any idea how to deal with this virus So they threw a bunch of stuff against the wall and then demanded you comply and demand you believe it. And then every part of the system repeated the same lies over and over and over again. And now Americans really think solutions are the lies they've been told. Your mask hasn't done anything to protect you. Little Billy's mask that you have on him at the playground while he's trying to breathe here in the summertime playing on the monkey bars with his friends. No, you're just making him miserable for nothing. Nothing. It does nothing for you. If it did something for you, then people would have been dying in droves in places like Florida. People would have been dying in droves in places like South Dakota. I know that's hard to accept. I know that hurts. Believe me, I know it hurts because when you take a step back, take a step back and think about all the ways we've reordered American society based on social distancing. You know, let's just stick with social distancing. Put aside masks for a moment. Think about everywhere in your life. You see the social distancing signs on the doors. You have the stupid little footprints in the grocery store. Social distancing They have kids sitting in pods in schools if they're allowed to go to school at all. Oh, make sure you sit every other row at the baseball game. Oh, sorry, our restaurants. Remember this? You forget about this. I remember even Texas was doing this. Uh, Restaurants are allowed at 25% capacity as if the government has any authority at all to regulate the capacity of a restaurant. These bunch of little tyrants. What if all of it was for nothing? What if all of that didn't accomplish a single solitary thing? And I want you to tackle this in your mind. I don't care if you yell at me as you work your way through it. That's fine. I'm a sociopath. You know it doesn't bother me. But as you work your way through this, I do want you to tackle that. It's important everybody tackles that. Why? Because the idea 
that you should lock down your economy and social distance and all this other stuff in response to a virus is the most economically damaging idea in the history of mankind and nothing else even comes close. And there's going to be another virus. Why? Because China is really, really, really good at war. Most of Asia is because Asia is so old and they just have a different philosophy when it comes to things like business and war and they're really good at it. Why do you think Sun Tzu's from over there? Asia plays war the way it's supposed to be played, the long game. China, yeah, the virus came from China and people were mad at China. Do you really think China wasn't sitting there taking notes while the United States of America destroyed its own economy and its freedoms in response to a Chinese virus? Do you think China didn't look at our coronavirus response and say to itself, Oh, we need to do that again. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer on you here, but I want you to understand there's another virus coming. I don't know whether it might be 50 years from now. It might be 100 years from now. I don't know. I promise there's another one coming, and I promise there's another one coming from China. Why wouldn't they? I'm not done on this. Hang on. Jesse Kelly show. Oh man, it's going to be a fun hour. It's going to be a fun hour. Chris, play, play number five for me. If you wouldn't mind really quickly. We are currently doing, we being the federal government together in collaboration with the pharmaceutical companies, age de-escalation studies, namely looking at the safety and the immunogenicity of vaccines in children from 12 to 9 years old, then from 9 to 6, then from 6 to 2 years old, and then ultimately... Oh, oh gosh. Years. What Fauci ends up saying with all that mumbo-jumbo is your kid over 2 should be masked and vaccinated. I understand it's difficult to accept that everything you were told was wrong, Most of it was a flat-out lie. Some of it was mistakes. But everything you were told was wrong. Most was a flat-out lie. People have a hard time accepting that. And I understand why people have a hard time accepting that. Because here's the truth about human nature. People want to believe. It makes them sleep better at night. People want to believe there are smart people in charge. And this is what makes it so difficult. By doing what I do, and you know, I ended, I ran for Congress, failed a couple times, and, and now I do this. So I have all these congressmen and senators I have text with, and I end up going back to D.C. You just have to do all this stuff. I've talked to all these people. Republicans, Democrats, you just always end up talking to somebody. You can't imagine how unimpressive and uninformed these people are. They are just normal people. There aren't smarter people in charge. Coronavirus hit our shores. We looked towards the guy who had the label doctor, and we said, what do we do? And he said, "Uh, uh, everyone go home for a couple weeks, and we'll figure it out. 
And we we thought that was genius medical information. We told a country of 330 million people, the most advanced supposedly country in the history of the world, our solution for a new virus hitting our shores was everyone stand six feet away from each other. Have you actually sat and thought about that? Have you wrapped your mind around that? The truth is there aren't smart people in charge of you. There aren't. In fact, most of the people in charge of you were idiots. And people don't like to think about that because what it means is you and I, we have to take more and more ownership of ourselves and our lives. Look, I'll be honest, and I'm an independent person and a, a bit of a rebellious person if we're being honest. I wish there were smarter people in charge. Speaker of the House, all these generals, these people I sit down with, every single time, without fail, every time I walk away from one of these conversations, I say to myself, that guy wasn't very impressive at all. That's the truth. That's the truth. All right, let's get to a couple more emails here. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Hi, Jesse. My friend had a brilliant idea. DeSantis for president. Trump for governor of Florida. Donald Trump is not going to run for governor of Florida. You don't step back in life. You simply do not. He's not going to be governor of Florida. And this Trump-DeSantis collaboration thing, I hope everyone understands how fragile this alliance is. Not because either of them are bad dudes. I like them both because they are both Alpha males, those guys have a hard time getting along long-term. All right, since I made everybody mad tonight when I, t- when I talked about women in the Navy again and diversity, and I've just basically been as insulting as humanly possible tonight, we might as well just keep that going because our uh, president rolled out this little gem today, and I have to tell you, this is the first time he said something I agreed with. They want voters to dive further and be able to be in a position where they wonder who's watching them and intimidating them. To wait longer to vote. To drive a hell of a lot long, excuse me, a long way to get to vote. They want to make it so hard and inconvenient that they hope people don't vote at all. That's what this is about. Well, that's what I want. I'm not even kidding. No, that's not what the GOP wants. Of course, this is all a lie. All these GOP bills are are as soft and mealy-mouthed as you can possibly imagine. But, yeah, I want it to be very difficult to vote. I want you to wait in line forever. I want it to be miserable. In fact, I want you to have to go digging for where the vote even is. And half the time, I want you to look into it and find out you don't even qualify to vote. I do. Why? It's not because I'm a jerk. I mean, I am a jerk. There's no question. I, I I don't want very many people to vote because I love my country. You say you love your country, right? You understand the concept that every adult should have a vote. The founders would have laughed in your face and just gave the country right back to the British had you said one day that's what America is going to be about. And yet every single Republican of any power in this country holds that point of view, and doesn't have the guts to hold a different point of view. Why should every adult vote? Lots of adults are idiots. Why should every adult vote? Every single person gets a say-so in who runs the most powerful country in the world 
simply by virtue of the fact they live to the age of 18? What? That's absurd. No. I think it should be really hard to vote. There should be qualifications on who should vote and who shouldn't. And people always get defensive about that because they always want to make sure they're included in it, right? Well, Jesse, are you saying that you can't? uh, I want to vote. I understand it's offensive. I get that. Being exclusive is universally offensive. It is. There are so many clubs out there, a golf club or a tennis club or a social club or whatever the case may be. I can't get into. Why? They're exclusive. They're very exclusive. You have to be a multimillionaire, have to be this senator's son, or have to be something like that, and I can't get into them. And that sucks. I walk up to the door and I want to get in. They're going to say, you're not welcome here. And that's not easy to hear ever, right? That's not easy to hear when it's you. You're not welcome here. Guess what? I bet those clubs are awesome on the inside. You monitor who has access to every single thing you care about in your life. You do. You do. I told you that story earlier about the dirty-looking dude showing up at my front door. That dirty-looking dude shows up at your front door tonight. 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, teardrop tattoo on his face. Are you saying, come on in, of course, can I, can I make you some brownies? Use the toilet. Oh, can I show you my, my kid's room? It's pretty cool. Or are you saying, please go away, I'm closing the door now. I'm also locking it and going to get my weapon because you made me nervous. You know exactly what you're doing. And you're not doing it because you're a bad person. You're doing it because you care about your home. You care about your home. Therefore, you control access to your home. Of course, everybody isn't welcome in your home. That's absurd because you care about it. So why do you want everybody to vote? It actually cracks me up when I see the GOP try to copy the Democrats and engage in these campaigns about why they get out the vote. Make sure you get out the vote. Don't tell anybody the day we vote. So only the people who care will actually look into it. So only the people who can actually spell cat will actually participate and who who leads the United States of America. How about that for something radical? And I'll tell you something. It's serious now. I mean, it's really, really, really serious now. Did you hear what the White House press secretary said? White House Press Sec, listen to this. Listen to what these people are doing, speaking of escalations. You will highlight the work of the administration against this, the necessity of passing the For the People Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, and how we need to work together with civil rights organizations to build as broad a turnout and voter education system to overcome the worst challenge to our democracy since the Civil War. You understand what's happening. You and I have had this conversation before. Why are they so focused on January 6th? Why? Why use words like civil war? I'll tell you why. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Catching a bunch of guff for my take on Cuba. Pray for the Cubans. Leave Cuba to the Cubans. 
Not because I don't care. Oh, I really care. I hope those people throw off that ridiculous commie scum. And I hope they establish a, an outstanding representative republic for themselves. I want that badly for them. We'll say a prayer for them tonight. Why are we still pretending we can get involved and fix this problem? We've tried that before in Cuba. We've tried it there. We took a bunch of rebels and we trained them up in the Everglades. And we tossed them on the beaches and they got massacred. And then we got stuck with that piece of commie filth running the country forever. Why do we think America is capable of helping? Why? And I'll tell you where we go wrong. And look, I, I, I realize I make myself look like a monster every single night because I am a monster. I'll tell you where we go wrong here in this country. We think there's a way to conquer halfway. We do. We, we want to help. We want to send our military might over there and take the bad guys down. But we don't want to take over or stay. I mean, we're Christians here. Let's be nice. We'll leave you some Bibles on the way out the door. There's no halfway to conquest. Why can't we just simply accept the world as it is instead of as we want it to be? You want to go to Cuba? Okay, fine. I have no issue sending troops into Cuba as long as we send in regiments of the Marines with naval power. They have air power. We bomb their government installations into rubble. We storm into the place and we take it over and make Cuba the 51st state. Now I'm okay with taking over Cuba. I am not okay with this, quote, helping thing anymore. We just helped in Afghanistan for 20 years. Before that, we helped in Vietnam. There are more countries that I can possibly list for you where we've, quote, helped. Why do we pretend like we can do this? Either stay out of it and mind your own business or go take it over. And I don't have any problem with either, by the way. I do have a problem with half measures. Half measures. And look, you want to conquer it, go conquer it. I told you before, I love Cubans. I love Cuban people. The food is great. The cigars are amazing. The music is cool. The chicks are dimes. I love Cuba. Awesome place. Let's go take it. Shoot, I might move there. Go make it the 51st state. But stop pretending like there's some halfway halfway to do conquest. Either do conquest or stay home. And there's something else that bugs me, and I realize this is going to make everybody uncomfortable, but I'm going to say it, and that's the way it is. I'm tired of people being brave with someone else's life. If you're somebody, and you very well may be, if you're somebody who's been, let's go to Cuba, fight for freedom, let's fight for freedom. You planning on grabbing a weapon? Are you going? Well, no, I I mean the army. Okay, Okay, well, the army's made up of somebody's dad, somebody's son, someone's daughter, Someone's sister, someone's mother, 
Remember this. Always, always, always remember this. You should never be brave with someone else's life. And whenever you say, we should send in the troops, what you're saying is, and I've witnessed this scene more times than I can count, what you're saying is, you want a father to kneel down and hug his small children on the tarmac for maybe the last time while they say, Daddy, don't go, and he may never see them again. Are you being brave with your life? Are you being brave with his life? Because those are two very different things. I understand war is sometimes necessary. I'm the furthest thing in the world from a pacifist. But if America is going to go fix Cuba, I need proof we can even do it. Someone tell me, what, what am I missing? What, when have we done this? Again, We've tried this before in Cuba, in Cuba, and we failed because there's no halfway to do conquest. There's no halfway to do conquest, and that makes people uncomfortable because we are a charitable nation, and we are a nation that is founded on Judeo-Christian values, and we don't want to view ourselves as Genghis Khan and Alexander the Great. But if you're going to conquer, go conquer. If you're not, stay home. This halfway thing, it's never worked. It doesn't work. It will never work. Why is that radical? I, I don't understand it. Jesse, I've noticed you're being up on the topic that we elect a fascist. I'm not arguing the idea. One, I never said I wanted to elect a fascist. I don't want a fascist. I don't want people to be murdered for their political beliefs. Anybody. I don't, I don't want anyone getting hurt. What I've said is the right is going to pick a fascist. They will. I know they will. Anyway, he goes on. I'm not arguing the idea. But I notice, especially with the younger people, don't know there's a difference. They think it's like Cuba and most communist countries are like Sweden, not understanding the difference between the three. Maybe you can touch on the subject for ones who don't get it. No. Well, for one, you're right. People don't understand the difference, but that's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is this. setting. A, let's set aside everything that I normally talk about on the show, communism and all these other things. I'm simply talking about... The right will pick a violent, one-man-at-the-top type of government in order to protect themselves from leftist aggression. They will. I mean, communists do this all the time. It's not like communist governments are these wonderful representative republics. All I'm saying is pendulum swing. Societies seek a balance. The right has been so weak and spineless and pathetic on the issues that matter to its voters. Eventually, its voters are going to go seeking out somebody and something else because if they can't get protection for their values from the right, then they will get it from a monster, and a monster is going to come. I've said he's going to come. All right. I have heartbreaking, heartbreaking news about Jackie Chan. No, he didn't die. Hang on. And I'm 
I'm up here because I don't plan to be a sitting person in that legislature. I'm not going to be a sitting. You ain't no sitting duck. I'm not. A, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to be a hostage. <laughs> That's one of the Texas Democrats. She didn't. Does she not know what she is? I'm, I'm not going to. Chris, I may need you to play this again. I'm trying to figure out which part of this confused her. I'm, I'm not going to be a sitting. Uh, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to be a, a sitting person. And, and, and then you could tell she was fishing for something. I can't figure it out. Play that again, Chris. And I'm up here because I don't plan to be a sitting person in that legislature. I'm not going to be a, a sitting. I'm not. A, I'm not. I'm not going to be a hostage. <laughs> what? What? Oh gosh! Look, this Texas Republicans. I'll get to the Jackie Chan thing here in just a second. The Texas Republicans versus Texas Democrats thing. It is. It is a really big deal because it's an escalation. Democrats now think they can blatantly break the law. They think Republicans won't have the guts to arrest them like they should when they come back, and we will see. Chris asked me during the break what I think. I think Abbott's going to chicken out. I do not think they will be arrested when they come back, and that will be very, very dangerous. When the left, See, we continually confirm to the left that we don't actually have the guts to do anything. Constantly, the GOP talks tough, big bark, no bite. And so that's why they're always acting out. Even that uh, 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 person <laughs> who won't who won't sit there. All right. Maybe the most heartbreaking news ever was this Jackie Chan headline. This is from BoundingIntoComics.com. Chris, how do you even find these websites? What's BoundingIntoComics.com? You know what? Never mind. I don't want to know. Just make sure this is safe for work. We're still on iHeart Computers here, pal. Anyway, Jackie Chan expresses desire to join the Communist Party of China, claims that he can see the greatness of the CPC. Who's got Jackie Chan hostage? I need to know who took Jackie Chan hostage because every single person between the age of 30 and 60 right now, has enjoyed Jackie Chan movies of him running up the buildings and stuff like that, and he did all of his own stunts, and that was back, like, they did that movie Rush Hour, that was back when you could make insensitive racial jokes about each other, the whole movie, which we all love, don't lie, you love them, and we all laughed and laughed and laughed because we weren't a bunch of thin-skinned sissies back then. You remember that? When, when you could just have a sense of humor? And now he's a daggone communist. Gosh, that sucks. That sucks, Chris. One more thing on the Cuba thing before I move on to something really, really important. That something is Taco Bell. One more thing on Cuba. A lot of people are wanting to go down there. Fight the communists in Cuba, right? And I'm as anti-communist as anybody on the planet. You know, communists have been murdering people in your streets for the last two years, and I didn't hear anybody call for sending in the military. You remember that seven-year-old girl in Atlanta? I remember her. Her last name was Taylor. Seven years old. Black Lives Matter murdered that girl. 
street communists right here in America murdered that girl. Where was the outrage then? You've got communists on your own soil, violent ones, hurting people. But you want to go to Cuba? I say we clean up our own communist mess first. But yes, obviously we're rooting for the Cubans. This is from abcnews.go.com. Taco Bell employees set off fireworks inside restaurant, cause fire after accidentally locking themselves out. Let's be frank about something here. I'm going to do you as nice as possible because I realize this has been a pretty harsh evening of some pretty brutal truths here on the Jesse Kelly Show. If you missed any part of it, you can catch the whole thing podcasted on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating and leave a review talking about how handsome I am. If if we're going to be honest... We brought up Chick-fil-A earlier, and Democrats are trying to stop Chick-fil-A in New York and blah, blah, blah. But setting that aside, when you walk into Chick-fil-A or go to a drive through in Chick-fil-A, you have a certain set of expectations that you, that you think you're going to get there from the staff. You think you're going to get, yes, sir, no, ma'am, please, my pleasure. You think you're going to get prompt service. You think almost undoubtedly they're going to get your order right. You don't get the same thing at Taco Bell. And I am not going to be painted as anti-Taco Bell. I eat more Taco Bell than you eat. I might eat Taco Bell on the way home tonight. But I promise you this, my expectation level is going to be real low when I order my food from Taco Bell. I don't know what exactly the hiring practices are at T-Bell versus Chick-fil-A, but I don't know that I've ordered a gordita in 10 years from somebody who wasn't high. It's Taco Bell. Of course they set off fireworks inside the restaurant and locked themselves out. Of course they did. It's Taco Bell. Apparently, look, I am at this point in time convinced That whoever does the hiring at Taco Bell simply waits outside of the local juvenile detention center and offers jobs on the way out the door with no interview process at all. If I go to Taco Bell and place an order and I get anything resembling food, I call it a W. Let's move on, Chris. See, we're just offending everybody tonight. Let's move on to a couple more emails here. Can you do a segment, this is an email, can you do a segment uh, about how disgusting it is Republicans are for supporting Caitlyn Jenner for, for governor? I personally can't for the life of me understand this. Curious about your thoughts. Well, here are my thoughts. The Republican Party, we have a serious PTSD problem. No, 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 not wartime PTSD or anything like that. You ever had a dog, ever seen a dog that had been mistreated? Don't mistreat your dogs, by the way. But have you ever seen a dog that's been mistreated? And anybody who raises a hand around it or raises a voice around it, the dog kind of winces? That's the entire Republican Party. Because the entire Republican Party has been outside of the system for so long, and they've been accused of sexist, racist, you hate gay people, misogyny, for over and over and over and over and over and over again for so long, What you see constantly from the right is them making mistakes of trying to defeat false stereotypes 
instead of just being what they are. You saw it with uh, the George Floyd stuff. Republicans were so, in our, to this day, are so beaten down by accusations of racism, they'll bend over backwards and say, look, I'm Mr. Black people. Look at my black friends. And it's always so forced. It doesn't seem genuine at all. If you have them, fine. If you don't, that's okay, too. You don't, you don't have to be this. You don't have to force this. The trans thing, the Caitlyn Jenner thing, every single Republican you see who's all about that, they're simply ones who are trying to look good for their liberal friends. Don't tell me I'm a hateful bigot. Here's my Jenner for California sticker. Isn't that cool? That's what they all are. They're all beaten down. They're all the dog wincing. That's why they make so many mistakes. They're constantly doing things to defeat a false stereotype instead of just being who and what they are. No, I'm not supporting Caitlyn Jenner for governor in California because I'm not insane. And I think we've done quite enough in this country to encourage bad behavior And we clearly have not done enough to discourage bad behavior. I'm not going to use this platform for things like that. It's time for one more email. It's a great one. And then headlines I didn't get to. Hang on. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com It is. The Jesse Kelly Show. Oh, you know we're going to have some T-Bell people upset now. Let's see. We've offended women in the Navy. We've offended, uh, well, we offend pretty much everybody every day here. But we've offended women in the Navy on this show. We've offended Van Halen fans. We've offended Smashing Pumpkin fans. We're now going to offend Canadians. Or at least Mark from Alberta is. He says I can read his name. Jesse. Thank you for pointing out my country's lack of culinary excellence. There is no argument against this. I am right, and I was glad. I had multiple emails from Canadians writing in saying their their food sucks. He said, first, I want to inform you that Canadian bacon is a total misnomer. Canadians call this cut of bacon back bacon, and it is trash. Nobody up here eats it. I wouldn't even know where to find it in a grocery store. (laughs) Now... He does bring up a point that we're going to have to address here. It looks like we're going to have a little war of nations ourselves. This hurts. This hurts. Now, let me tell you, sir, that your country's beer is complete and utter garbage. I cannot believe you people actually drink that watered-down crap, he says. It's absolutely terrible and unfit for human consumption. I call it... And I cannot read that word on the air. Something water. All right. It's something water because that's what you'll get if you drink enough of it. Okay. One, it's not necessary to be so mean. Two, gosh, does he bring up a good point? You know what, Chris? You haven't lived until you've had Canadian beer. Those people, I understand they're too polite. I understand the food sucks. I get all this Canadian beer is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Chris, don't tell me all beer sucks. That makes you the weirdo, not me the weirdo. Don't ever say that to me again, all beer sucks, you freak. Anyway, 
Canadian beer is so good. But I will put this out there. I'm going to put this out there for the audience, and I'll take audience feedback on it. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Think this through before you write me hate mail. I contend this. The best country for beer? Mexico. Chris, turn my mic back on, Chris. I'm right. Mexico, man. Coronas and Tecates and Dos Equis and you're cr- Dude, there's a lot more. You're crazy. All right, you know what? Forget you. We're going to headlines I didn't get to. CBS News. UN warns 10% of the world undernourished as hunger shot up amid the COVID pandemic. Again, back to what I said throughout the show. It didn't shoot up during the COVID pandemic. It shot up during the COVID pandemic response. As I was screaming about time and time and time again. You don't ever point at your economy and say, stop moving. That is suicidal. And it was so easy for fat and happy journalists who didn't miss a paycheck to scold everybody about how we're all in this together. Go home, close your business. Set America aside, people around the world are starving to death because of the stoppage of the economy. That's a fact. People laying there watching their children die. Don't tell me we're all in this together as you DoorDash pizza for the third time today in your New York City apartment. Don't ever say those words to me again. Headline, California K-12 students who refuse to wear masks will be barred from school grounds, the state says. Remember, I told you this about Bill de Blasio, who's doing the same thing. They know students aren't at at risk for this. They understand that. Young, healthy people are not at risk for this. They understand. And they understand that masks are not effective. They get that. They saw what happened in Florida and Texas when they opened up. They don't care. It has nothing to do with coronavirus. It hasn't had anything to do with coronavirus for a long, long time. This is all about control. This is all about these power-hungry little losers pointing at you, making you do something, and then feeling really, really important when they do. Headline, Macron announces vaccination passes and warns the country's fourth wave has already begun. Aren't you tired of the waves? Aren't you tired of, well, there's a new wave, there's a new variant, there's a Delta variant, we're all going to die. We're all going to die anyway. I don't want to be too morbid. I I don't like to be too morbid, but we're all going to die anyway. This is another thing that got totally lost on people over the last couple years. If it saves one life, we're all going to die. Are we seriously going to just continue to kneecap ourselves time and time and time again because you might die? I mean, I don't want to I don't want to give you a spoiler alert, but you're going to die. I'm going to die. These are things that are going to happen. You don't crush your own self because a virus comes out. Headline, 63% of Americans want China to pay reparations for the virus. That's fine. China should pay something, but understand China's never going to pay anything. We lack the political willpower 
to force China to pay. Frankly, we lack the military power to force China to pay. You realize that we can't invade China, right? They can't invade us either yet, but we can't invade China. So we're all stuck with this whole thing. It's China's fault and everyone knows it. All right. We got a great show planned for you tomorrow, mainly because I will be here once again. What, Chris? Don't forget, if you missed any part of the show, the whole thing's available on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. You want to follow me on social media? I'm at Jesse Kelly DCD on Twitter and Instagram. I'm also on Facebook and Locals and all that. Told you we were going to have fun tonight and offend everybody. That's all.